Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire, along with Sean Scanlon and Ovi Munez. Uh, guys, some huge news obviously broke today. Uh, Two-time Super Bowl winner and most valuable player, uh, Eli Manning, will announce his retirement on Friday after 16 seasons. You'll recall he was draft, uh, drafted by the San Diego Chargers with the first pick of the 2004 draft that swung a uh, trade over to the New York Giants, something I I know we all are very grateful for having happened. Yep. Um, the best quarterback in Giants history, uh, hard to argue against him. He's the only player in franchise history to suit up for 16 seasons. Uh, his 236 regular season starts in 248 games both Giants records, of course, uh, there was there was the benching, uh, November twenty third, twenty seventeen, uh, which probably all but sealed the fate uh, of uh, oh goodness gracious, uh, the McAdoo. McAdoo, Bob. I, I I try so hard to forget that Bob McAdoo ever even happened, uh, and I and I can't. Uh, he then started twenty two in a row. Uh, 12 postseason games for his career. Uh, you know, we, we can talk about the Super Bowls. We could talk about the kind of guy he was, what he did for this franchise. You know, from, from Phil Simms uh, to, to Eli, there was a big gap there where, you know, every couple of years it, it was a new quarterback. He brought dignity and grace and, of course, two Super Bowl championships. What more could you ask for from Eli Manning? Can't ask for much more. Uh, can't say enough about Eli and what he's done for this organization. Um, you said it. Uh, you hit on it. Most of it. Uh, Surefire fire Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, greatest QB in Giants history. Had arguably the greatest postseason of all time by any quarterback in 2011 when he threw for uh, 1,219 yards, which is still a record today for most postseason yards of all time and had a 9-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. I mean, the run he went on beating Matt Ryan and then going into Lambeau, beating the 15-1 and Packers, and then beating that tenacious 49ers defense on the road in San Francisco and then going on to beat the Patriots is just a run that we might never see again. Um, we saw something close, similar with the Titans this year, but they couldn't even make it to the Super Bowl. It was just, you know, you can't say enough about Eli and what he's done. And uh, he finished his career seventh all-time in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. And then I just think uh, you can't overstate enough um, just how impressive the Ironman streak of 210 career game or consecutive games was. Just something that a lot of people just overlook. Um, but it's, when you're touching the ball every play at a position or QB, you have to be a tough, very tough guy to be uh, able to stand in there for 16 seasons as the face of the franchise. Um, so yeah, I just I can't thank Eli enough for all the memories that he's brought to me as a Giants fan growing up, and uh, I I know that he'll he'll be remaining in football in some capacity, um, whether it's as an analyst or maybe even he goes into coaching. But um, yeah, can't thank Eli enough for all he's done. Uh, you're talking about one of 21 quarterbacks in history to have won a Super Bowl without losing one. He's won a 12 to win at least two Super Bowls. Um, the argument against Eli a lot of the times, Ov, is that he wasn't in the postseason enough, but he did have an eight and four record. We know about the big ones over the Patriots. Don't forget twice going into Lambeau Field. 
once beating Aaron Rodgers, once beating uh, the great Brett Favre. Career playoff records for the Giants, 400 passes, 242 completions, 2,815 yards and 18 touchdowns. You know, uh, one of the, the, the things about Eli Manning that will always stand out to me is the fourth quarters. And, you know, when, when the game was on the line, even in recent years, he's always able to take the Giants down the field and score. Unfortunately, the last four or five years, the defense <laughs> gives it right back in the last 35 seconds. But <laughs> grace under fire, OV. Th- this guy was always cool, even when he was lying on his back. It never mattered, did it? No, it didn't. I mean, when you surround with other great quarterbacks in his era, you know, you never really meant hear Eli Manning's name, you know. And he, he gave us that momentum. He always gave us that spark that, hey, you know, we, we got to watch the game all the way to the end because we knew that Eli was going to come back and give it to us. And uh, it, it's a tremendous, tremendous performance he has given us. And, and surely he's going to be missed, man. I don't, I don't, it's going to be a while that we're going to get that caliber of a quarterback, not only in the field, but even outside, in the locker room. I mean, this guy, whether it's good or bad, his sportsmanship was always there. He's always stayed positive. And being in New York, which they critique the most, you know, he handled, he handled it well. And like I said, uh, he'd be truly missed. And I'm, we're proud to have Eli in our team. You know, uh, obviously, Eli was supplanted by uh, Daniel Jones earlier in the season. And you can only hope Daniel Jones turns out to be another Eli Manning. But, uh, of course, there was that game here late in the season against the Miami Dolphins where Eli looked like Eli 2007. Uh, 283 yards, two touchdowns. They beat the Dolphins 36-20. He got the huge ovation. And and, and for his career, uh, even him up at 117 wins and 117 losses. Uh, he was also uh, the uh, uh, Walter Payton winner this year uh, for his service on and off the field. It's going to be a big hit, I think, to, to, to Daniel Jones that potentially next season the guy standing on the sidelines giving him signals is Alex Taney or, you know, I don't know, g- give me some random right. bomb out of work. Yeah. You know, which is Jake Cutler around? Because it's going to be, right? Am I wrong? It's going to be, yeah. there's going to be somebody standing on the sideline and this you're, you're going to hear me say something shocking right now, especially Sean's going to be shocked by this. I like the Jason Garrett hire. As offensive wow. coordinator. There you go. I like it too. They got one right this time. Not they th- got this one right. Judge always said that he wants somebody that will be able to teach. And this guy, he's been a, been a backup quarterback before. He's been in that position. So why not have him be with Jones? It's a, it's a perfect perfect match. That's my thought. He's going to look over there and you're not going to have Eli. But how about Jason Garrett, a guy who spent three seasons in a Giants uniform, highly regarded did a nice job as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. The The problem uh, as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I should say, the problem with the Cowboys is not Jason Garrett. And, and, and I think Cowboy fans know full well what the problem is. It's not even Dak. It's, it's not even Zeke and all his extracurricular activities. You know who it is? You got to aim high. It's the big man. <laughs> yes, right. Jerry, that team's not going to be good until Jerry Jones, I hate to say this, but until Jerry Jones is in the ground. 
Yeah. He's not going to go away. He's going to be like Al Davis was uh, for the Raiders. That's what Jerry Jones has become. They got lucky early in his reign, uh, hiring the right coaches, the, the Herschel Walker trade and what that turned into. He's got to back off because the, the genius I think he thinks he was in the early years of, of his ownership, I think that was all in spite of him. And I, and I think he continues to make things worse every year for the Cowboys. Yeah, and even when he's uh, going to be out of that position, his son Stephen Jones with uh, similar philosoph- philosophies will step right in and hopefully uh, keep the Cowboys at a, just a very average pace uh, going for the next couple of years. But I agree with you. I, I like the Jason Garrett hire. Um, obviously, you know, he, he didn't get that Cowboys head coaching job for no reason. It's because he had success as an offensive coordinator. So, I, yeah, I'm very pleased with that uh, for the Giants. And uh, four out of the six years that he was calling plays for the Cowboys, um, they finished inside the top ten in total yards. And the only time – or t- the two times that they didn't the, – the lowest rank that they had during the span was just 13th in 2008, which is very impressive. They've never been a bottom-of-the-league offense with Jason Garrett running the show. So I think that that's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, you know, Garrett also has the experience developing young quarterbacks, like we mentioned with uh, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Under Garrett's watch, Romo was a three-time Pro Bowler and uh, made second-team All-Pro in 2014. And then Dak obviously won Offensive Rookie of the Year um, in 2016 and then made it to two Pro Bowls in four seasons. So, you know, it, that's going to be big for Daniel Jones stepping forward, um, especially with him going into his second offense um, in just two seasons, learning a new system. Will, uh, I think Garrett will help make that uh, transition much easier. So I think, yeah, this uh, the offense will be very fun to watch next year um, with the franchise QB in place, obviously superstar running back in Saquon, and then just uh, a plethora of receiving uh, weapons with, uh, you know, Shepard, Tate, Slayton. Um, it's just a really good list. Uh, Ingram hopefully will come back healthy. And then Caden Smith, who we saw develop at the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to, to watch this offense going into next season for sure. If there are concerns about Jason Garrett, uh, he hasn't called plays since 2012. Uh, he's a very conservative coach. Uh, it seems at times. And I think a bigger concern uh, is this, that Jason Garrett probably spends a year as a Giants assistant. And I'm sure he'll be beneficial to both Daniel Jones and to Joe Judge. But likely after the season's over, he's taking a, a head coaching gig somewhere else. And that would mean... For the third time in three years, new offensive coordinator. And you want, you want to start to get Daniel Jones some consistency. And you're going from, from, from one now to the next. You're probably by next year, you'll, you'll, you'll be on his third offensive coordinator in three years. It was something that we had talked about earlier in this year yeah. uh, about, about the concern. And, and that was a reason why we talked about maybe keeping Shermer and Shula around now that the decision hasn't been made, thoughts, Sean? Thoughts? Um, well, yeah, I think uh, that, that was a great point with uh, Jason Garrett. Um, you know, in the next head coaching cycle, you always see successful coordinators that will come up for a job interview in a lot of places, whoever has the openings. And um, I think that, yeah, with if he does have success this year, that 
they're they're obviously that Jason Garrett's obviously going to get some interviews with different teams. So I just I agree with you. You, you want to build some continuity and some consistency within the offense for Daniel Jones moving forward. And uh, you you don't want him to step into his third different system in three years. That's um, it's just a lot to handle for a young quarterback. And I think that if we're able to keep Jason Garrett around, that'd be huge. But um, I think that that definitely is a possibility moving forward next season. I'm gonna have to disagree on that. Oh yeah, bring it over. Oh, what let's, you got, let's man? Let's go. You want to build a dynasty. You want to build the team to a Super Bowl. New York wants a Super Bowl champion. Okay. Why would you want a higher offensive coordinator? Just for one year and then bounce back. I don't think so. That's not the philosophy that I got from Judge. He wants to build it from ground up because there is no foundation. And now we're going to get that. You know? Yeah, we went through how many different coaches already? Four in the past five years. So why would do that to Jones? That's not consistency. And if you want him to succeed, you want him to build to be an elite, you can't do it with different offensive coordinators. That's why he'll remain here. Maybe give him two or three seasons it, and like I said, everything is going to depend on how they're going to finish next season. It's going to be hard. I mean, we got Washington Redskins with the new staff. We don't know how they're going to turn out to be. You know, Can't be what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles is the team to beat, to sure, be honest sure. with you. They you know? sure are. So how are we going to compare ourselves to them? I mean, if we finish on top first place deep in the playoffs, maybe. But if we didn't meet that, that goal to try to become Super Bowl champions, I think that Jason Garrett is going to stick around maybe two, three season tops. Well, let's yeah. hope so. Let's, let's hope. Well, again, let's assume the Giants offense is killer and he's in demand because yeah. if there's a step backwards, that, that could potentially cost him millions and maybe another shot at a head coaching spot. I don't know how high people are on Jason Garrett right now as a head coach. I think if he goes into the Giants, and and I think if 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 Daniel Jones has a huge season, he's going to be the most in-demand guy in the sport. If Daniel Jones takes a step back or that offense doesn't get on track, hey, Jason Garrett might be around for a while, and, and, and then we might not want that. But let's talk about that offense real quick. Odell left. Ever since he left, what happened? A lot of receivers are now getting the ball. There's no more ball hogging anymore. Everyone's getting equal touches and stuff like that. In my opinion, we did a lot better than years before. Less interceptions. The ball is driving. The only, the only hiccup we have is we didn't have the defense. So we never knew each week. One week will be the offense struggling. The following week is the, the defense. We never had a complete team until you mentioned earlier when we played them uh, the Dolphins, and we actually won as a team. That was great. The yep. best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Mark Colombo uh, has been mentioned uh, as possibly the offensive line coach. They had the fifth-ranked run offense. The Cowboys did, uh, obviously, with Jason Garrett on board. Uh, assume that's probably going to get locked up. Giants have uh, hired former Falcons defensive passing game coordinator Jerome Henderson as their D-backs coach. Uh, Burt Bialema is expected to join, to join the Giants staff as well. Uh, former Wisconsin and Arkansas coach. Spent the last couple of years with the Patriots. It seems like Patriots, uh, Wisconsin for some reason, and LSU. If you've got any connection to those schools uh, or those teams, good <laughs> chance you're getting hired here. Um, Freddie Kitchens is still likely to join the staff. Not sure in what capacity, 
Uh, but apparently he and Joe Judge are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, everybody knows I don't like Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> I, if, if I had to hire Freddie Kitchens for something, OV, you know what it would be? The janitor. He would be my janitor. And I'm sure he'd be great at it. You know what I mean? He'd be really good at it, but I don't know if I, I don't know where he would fit on this staff at this yeah. point. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and then finally, Anthony Blevins has spent two years as the Giants' assistant special teams coach, uh, is expected to return to a to-be-determined role. He's very highly regarded by uh, the players, and he knows Joe Judge, graduate assistants at Mississippi State. Yeah. It, it, it's so funny to see how. Important these relationships are. I mean, if, if we worked together a couple of years ago, you know, and you get a job, you're like, hey, you uh, remember me, right? <laughs> I'll give you trust. Keyword is trust. You know your work ethics. They work with you before. And I, I know from experience from my previous jobs, you know, moving from different parts of the states and then you bump into somebody you used to work with before, it just makes things a lot more comfortable. So, yeah, you got to have that within your staff. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of that um, from the hires already. Patrick Graham, um, the defensive coordinator, have worked with Joe Judge in New England. Uh, Burton Burns uh, worked with Joe Judge at Alabama, the new running back coach. You know, you mentioned Freddie Kitchens. Uh, it's reported that he'll be on staff. Um, I think he'll be moving into the tight end coach role just because that's the only only thing left other than O line on the offensive. Um, position coaches that's still open and he he has experience before uh working as a tight end coach in the nfl with the cowboys so i i think yeah i, I think it's important to bring in people that you're familiar with you know their concepts um you know what they're bringing to the table and i, I think that that's been huge for joe judge so far but he's also brought in some um some good experience i think it's a good mix of familiarity and uh experience you mentioned brett uh bioma the, he was the coach in Arkansas and Wisconsin, so he knows what it takes to be a head coach, and he'll be in as a outside linebackers coach. So, a lot of position coaches that have a lot, um, a lot of versatility and a lot of experience that they bring to the table. So, I think that the staff right now uh, is looking good, and I, I'm excited to see how that it works out in the first season. I'm going to be honest, because what else can I do, really? But be honest, the Patrick Graham hire definitely did nothing for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I when I heard it, I kid you not, Ovi, you don't know this. No, probably Sitting not. in for our man Jace Garcia tonight. Mm-hmm. Hope you hope you're doing all right, Jace. Um, when, well, first of all, when I when I when I saw that the Giants had hired the special teams coordinator for the Patriots, my initial thought was that's got to be a joke. I didn't even know what that guy's name was, <laughs> and then when I saw the name was Joe Judge, I thought that's hilarious. My name's Joe. I love Aaron Judge. It's like if we had a baby. <laughs> um, and then I saw, you know, as I was getting over that, uh, we, you know, and then and, and I got to say, Jason, Sean talked me off a ledge, and they've explained to me why they feel like this could be a good move for the Giants. Then I saw Giants hire Dolphins defensive coordinator, and I about went through the roof again because I thought, gosh, if there was a defense worse than the Giants defense – it's the one in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> now seeing some of the moves he's made this week, uh, you know, bringing yeah. in, you know, uh, Jason Garrett, obviously being the marquee name, a lot of good guys on this list, yeah. you know, and, and we had talked about this, you know, I understand he's an inexperienced coach. We know he's been around uh, two of the best in the biz, 
-hmm. How much did he learn? Well, he's going to have some structure from guys with head coaching experience, guys who have been around the league, who know him, who are comfortable with him. And I'm actually, I, I'm actually, and this is me. You know me. I react, and then I sit back. I think about it. I'm feeling a lot better about it. There we go. I really I'm am. Down to it. You guys help me. Mm-hmm. You help me work through it. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, a the draft. Uh, and by yeah. the way, uh, Jace, uh, if you go to CloverCrestMedia.com uh, backslash drawing about the G Men or click on the media link, mm-hmm. you can check out his NFC East draft preview. Uh, up to the draft, he's going to do a weekly article. Uh, and J- everybody knows Jace is the college football guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's like if Mel Kuyper. I'm his co-host on that show. If so. Todd McShay and Mel yeah. Kuyper had uh-huh. a baby. And 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 then they had like 50 babies and that Jace ate them all is what it would be. <laughs> That's what Jace is like. Yeah. I'm yeah, kidding. Bro. I love this guy. But mm-hmm. he, he knows. Again, he talked me down from Chase Young. I thought it was all over. No Chase Young. He's got me excited about Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. He does. He does. He had me convinced not to get Chase Young for defensive end because of the last game with Ohio State. He was like, nah, this guy didn't even hustle hard enough. And maybe it was best for business for us not to get him. And I agree with him. You know, because you could have potential in college football, right? But when you come to the NFL, it's a different game. To be fair, the, the, mm-hmm. look, the, he, it, it, Chase Young right now, uh, according to like Todd McShay and, and uh, uh, Kuyper there, Mel Kuyper Jr., uh, they've got this guy rated at like Von Miller yes. territory. He mm-hmm. could be number one or yeah. number two, either or. Different people have been saying different things about that. I have a hard time believing that this guy's not going to be a stud, though. I really do. I don't know how he's not going to be his first four or five years, double-digit tax. And, um, you know, maybe he's doing it for the Dolphins or whomever. That's fine. I think I'm all right with that now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the the Redskins, um, there's a chance that they don't pick him just because they already, if there's any place that they do have talent on that team, it's their front seven and the the defensive line uh, getting after the passer. So... I think that, you know, it would be great to see him fall even down to four. But like we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, Isaiah Simmons and his versatility, being able to play outside backer, inside backer, safety. He could play a little bit in the slot as a nickel corner. Um, you just you can't substitute for that uh, anywhere else. It's it's just great to see what he, he's been able to do at Clemson. And especially for, uh, you know, Patrick Graham and the scheme that he's going to run, he he switches the scheme up uh, week to week from a, a three-four, four-three, and that's um, having a guy like Isaiah Simmons would be would be huge to put into that defense and be able to plug him uh, whatever suits best uh, for the opposing offense. So, I think that yeah, obviously uh, beating the Redskins in the overtime uh, hurt for some people, but I I was one of the people that said you know I think that it's good for the young guys uh, moving forward. And that, uh, yeah, that we still have a chance at Isaiah Simmons. Or even if we don't go Isaiah Simmons, even though I think we should, there's there's a lot of good offensive tackles in this draft too where we've obviously seen that that's, that's a need for us um, after the terrible contract that we gave to Nate Solder and his performance uh, ever since he's been in New York. I think that's been a habit not only him, but previously we had Flowers, which <sighs> that used to, I used to bang my head every time. I was like, you mean to tell me you can't protect Eli? I don't, yeah, I don't want to hear that name. I hate him. <clears throat> I do. That's the way I feel about him. Agreed. I have hate in my heart for Eric Flowers. What I don't understand is, um, and you mentioned his name, Solder. Look, if the Pages got rid of him, if the Pages get rid of their players, that tells you something. 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're not valuable anymore. So stay away from the prayers that, are, that, that get away from the Pages organization. Because they know what they're doing. That's why they're consistently always on top in their division. Mm-hmm. You got to respect that. That you do. That you do. All right. Uh, we're going to do a Super Bowl preview here uh, in just a second. But if you're passionate about a subject, you got to give to the gab. Uh, put it all together. You could start your very own podcast. Uh, go to clovercrestmedia.com to join the family. Uh, it is so easy to do. Is it really easy? We've got so many podcasts on the network already. All yeah. these guys host multiple shows. Yes. Uh, if you're interested in hosting a show, we could set you up, show you how to do it. Visit clovercrestmedia.com. That's right. Clovercrest that's right. Media, the harder we work the luckier we get. Now, uh, we know the big game's coming up February 2nd. We know it is the Niners. We know it is the Chiefs. The Chiefs, uh, Vegas had them pegged from day one. So, the, you know, this is this is just Patty Mahomes fulfilling the prophecy. Uh, Mahomes has 35 career starts. Jimmy Garoppolo has 28. That's 63 combined starts. That will be the fewest ever for two quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl. I love that stat. I thought that was I thought that was insane. The only thing more insane than that is the fact that the Chiefs haven't been to the Super Bowl uh, since 1969. That yeah. is that's mind blowing. Especially you consider this team. I, I, you know, I think about like uh, you know, obviously the Joe Montana years. They had some good teams. Guys like Christian yeah. Okoye, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Thomas. This this has been a, a really a pretty good team for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to see uh, uh, the Chiefs back in the big game. Uh, nice to see Andy Reid getting a shot at redemption. I certainly feel like 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 he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 49ers, on the other hand, kind of middle of the pack to start the season. Uh, they were not a great team last year. Uh, drafting a Bosa can definitely change your fortunes. Uh, they were able to do that and and ride themselves right into the uh, NFC Championship game. Now, uh, the Chiefs do go into the game as a one and a half point favorite. Could very well end up a pick 'em. Uh, but just so you know, favorite teams have taken 34 out of the 53 Super Bowls. Uh, favorites of three points or less, though, are just eight and seven. I. I feel like the Niners got this for some reason. Uh, you know, uh, we've been talking about them all year. A lot of people kind of jumped on the bandwagon late. I thought the Niners, you know, a- after about six games in, I was convinced that mm-hmm. these guys were for real. Uh, you know, you've seen them twice completely manhandle the Packers. I really do, you know, and I know with Garoppolo throw eight times in that game. You know, this team will run the ball down your throat. Um, I had all those running backs on my fantasy team this year. The problem was I never picked the right guy in the right week. Yeah, hard <laughs> to do. It happens. Hard man. to do. Coleman, Bereda, and and Moser, man, I, I'm telling you, I could I, every week I would start one or two of them, and it would be the third guy. That would rush for like 130 yards, two scores, and and have 10 catches. It seemed like they got me every time, but <laughs> it's a, it's insane when you look at what this 49ers team could do. Tevin Coleman goes down early in the game. They don't even they just don't even skip a beat. They move right along. I mean this this team is really good. This defense is really great. I I don't know. It's just something tells me that that that. I think if the Chiefs get behind early, I I think the Niners will. <laughs> 
and that'll be it. I, I, that that really? that nonsense ain't happening again. I don't. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, I think I think the opposite of that though. I think I think that if they do fall behind, they they almost feel like they're in a good spot. Um, after going down twenty four nothing to the Texans. Uh, taking back the lead even before the second half started, and then obviously to the Titans uh, coming back after they're down ten nothing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs in this one. I just think that uh, their offense is too much to stop. Um, even though the 49ers, I think they'll contain them a little bit. I just think that there's no one that can hang with the Chiefs offense. They just have so many weapons, especially in the receiving side with Tyreek Hill. Uh, if you want to double Tyreek Hill, then we'll let McCall Hardman and Demarcus Robinson tear you up uh, as long as well as uh, Travis Kelsey. And uh, Damian Williams has been he's been really solid this postseason. Um, I think he's got five, four or five uh, rushing touchdowns in just two games. So, um, and the, but the 49ers offense, you can't, you can't disrespect them because they've been uh, great all the year, too, um, with the scheme that Shanahan puts together, utilizing the, the full pack, fullback uh, Juszczyk. He's been great this year. Um, and then George Kittle. I think these are the battle of the best two tight ends in the league. I think Kittle um, is a little bit better. But I, if the Chiefs showed you anything last week, it's that they can stop a, a run defense or they could stop a, a good rushing attack when they put Derrick Henry on halt when it looked like he was unstoppable. So I, I think it will be a good game. I think the Niners will get out to the early lead. But uh, I think that the Chiefs will, will come back in the second half, and uh, I think Andy Reid will get his, his first championship. Pat Mahomes is 27-8 as the starting quarterback. Uh, the eight losses are by a total of 36 points. That is insane. Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes has never lost a game by more than seven points. I think it would be fair to say if the Niners have any chance to win this game, they just got to keep it close. That's it. I, I, I really do. I think that's that's the key. That And, and you got to stop this team because uh, when the Chiefs get in the red zone um, – that, that's where that's where the Niners are going to have to step up and and slow their roll. I'm going to say different. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go against you. This reminds me of the Super Bowl of the Bills and the Giants. You have an explosive offense like Kansas City. Oh, yeah. You have an explosive defense like San Francisco. I'm seeing it. Defense wins championships. Now... I would love to see Andy Reid win one, and I really do. And if they and if he, if the Chiefs win, hey, more props. But I just no, I don't see it. I, what I do see, and, and carry on with what you're saying, they keep it close, yes. But look, we haven't seen Garoppolo do his thing yet. So what if he only uh, did six passes? He is more than just six passes. The game was driven to where they kept running the ball and the other team could not stop them. And that's it. And they wouldn't, they, they didn't change anything. They kept that going. So I'm telling you this, if there's anything, you see that 1.5 that we're talking about? Why not have it the same? A 2019 game, San Francisco defeats Kansas City and becomes Super Bowl champions. Yeah. I, I just think uh, the strong suit of the 49ers, their pass rush, um, It'll be equalized a little bit in this game because the Chiefs, uh, other than the Saints, I think have the best ta or tackle combination in the league with Mitchell Schwartz and um, Eric Fisher. They're very good against uh, the or against the pass rush. So I think that they'll be able to slow down uh, Bosa and Buckner and Armstead and all of them. Not, I, I think they'll get a couple sacks against Patty Mahomes. But also Mahomes is so good in the pocket that he'll be able to navigate out of that and find his receivers downfield. 
Because um, other than Richard Sherman, the Niners secondary is all right, but I don't think they'll they'll have enough to contain all these receivers. Just so much speed in the field. So I, I think it will be the closest game that Chiefs have played uh, in this postseason so far, but I, I think that they'll, they'll pull away late. All right, let's just play this game then. Let's just do it. Let's let's pick a score. Let's pick a winner. And I don't know, just to make it even harder, tell me who the MVP is. <laughs> is that is that wow. asking for a lot? I just yeah, want to know. I, like I want to know the score, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to know who the MVP is. Sean, we'll uh, start with you. I think you. I think you're locked in. All right. So score. I think the. I think the Chiefs will score. I'll say. I'll say 31 since you, you mentioned their uh, red zone deficiencies. I think that they'll get down there once and Niners will have them stop, but there are just so many explosive plays. I, I can't see them scoring anything less than 30, even against a, a great Niners defense. So I'll go 31, uh, 31, 24. No, 31, 27. That's what I'm feeling. 31, 27. I kid you not. Is that what you wrote I down? wrote the exact same score down. 30, I, I got, yeah. So I'll go Chiefs 31, Niners 27. MVP, I will go with uh, none other than, than Patty Mahomes. All right. So OB, you, keep it simple. I'll tell you what I've got. I've got the exact same score, 31-27. Only I've got them Niners winning, and my MVP is Jimmy G. Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is going to throw the ball about 20-some-odd times. I think he's going to throw for a couple touchdowns. And just a feeling I have. I, 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 I think that the game plan that the Chiefs bring in is to stop the run. Yeah. I think they're going to force Jimmy G to, to make a move. And I think Garoppolo is going to prove all the haters wrong. And he's going to prove the, the Patriots are wrong and letting him go. Uh, I, think he, I think he wins MVP. I think he wins the game late to win the MVP. I would definitely love that. Especially that he's seen Brady in action. He's going to take that talent with him, and he's going to execute. But I want to say Raheem Mozart will be the MVP. I think he'll do it both running and catching the ball. So I could see him getting a uh, running touchdown and a passing touchdown. Uh, I think he, he uh, seeing for what he did in the last game, I think he's going to carry over. But I just don't see it being a high-score game should the 49ers win. I think they need to slow the game, the tempo down, eat a lot of clock. That way, the Chiefs' offense won't get into that rhythm. Because if you want to, you talk about that score. I'm sorry, if this score goes in the 30s, then it's all in favor of the Chiefs. So I'm going to say keep it down less than 25 points, and we'll see the 49ers win. Yeah. I think as long as the Niners, uh, here, here a couple things for the Niners. Don't you can't turn that ball over, Mm-mm. especially if they're going to run that ball 35, 40 times. If you put the ball on the ground against a team like the Chiefs, you're probably not going to win the game. Yeah, okay? I, and there's I discipline. Tight. Yeah, don't forget that penalties could cost you a game, and 49ers are good and staying disciplined. They're going to need Jimmy G because I think they're going to need. They're going to be able to convert third downs. That's going to be super important. Uh, you know, the, the the Chiefs are solid. So I, I think that's huge. I, I, think, I think they've got to put themselves in the right position. Again, I think if Jimmy G has a good game, I'm sure the Chiefs are going to force him to do some things. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, you know, if Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl rank, <laughs> I think there's no reason why a guy really? like Jimmy G. 
Really? I don't know why why I felt the need to attack Trent Dilfer. I don't know. No reason at all, but I did it. Here we are. It's now what? Of, it's because of who he beat. Don't remind me. <laughs> don't remind me of that painful year, please. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an ugly Super Bowl. Nobody feels good about that. No, Nobody no. feels good about it at all. Well, anyway, game is coming up February 2nd from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. My MVP, uh, J-Lo, baby. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Uh, you, you know, we we certainly talk about a legend uh, in Eli Manning. Certainly, uh, a guy I hope makes uh, it into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, of course, to Derek Jeter, uh, star of the New York Yankees. I know you're Red Sox fans. You could love it. For no, just I, a no, no, I, I do, no, no, I do respect. I do respect. We, we could talk about that different, but that I want to know who that one guy is. The Red Sox. <laughs> it's got to be a Red Sox guy. You know it does. And I'm fine with that, I'll be honest. But that's that's for a different podcast. As a matter of fact, uh, we do have some great shows coming up. Uh, OV just uh, did his hard-hitting wrestling show, which will be out uh, later today or tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. So look for that. Uh, you can also check me out. I'll be on Keys to the City on Friday talking about uh, Derek Jeter uh, and, and the entire state of baseball, which I think is an absolute disaster right now and needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also we'll be doing the Roll Call podcast tomorrow night. That's where I'll be screaming and ranting and raving, talking about them New York Yankees. In the meantime... Visit CloverCrestMedia.com. You can check out all of our great podcasts. We've got a ton of great shows. You can read all of our great blogs. uh, Well-researched, well-thought-out. So much going on. Check us out, CloverCrestMedia.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, John About the G-Men. You can also... uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm very active on the on the tweeting. I love doing that. Uh, Joing about G-Men. And uh, I think that's it. I think we've checked all the boxes for Obi Munez. Thank you. And his beautiful son, Jovi. Thanks for hanging out, my man. For Sean welcome. Scanlon. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of John About the G-Man.